yes, we are live, and it's real live versus Samuel's lead, as just as it says right there. But my question right now is, where are you? You know, these Mondays they just like roll into one. I'm not sure if it's bank holiday, if it's Easter Monday, you know, if it's a general Monday. I just have no idea. So I want to know where are you right now, and also if you want to see something that you have never seen before when it comes to property investment knowledge, property investment training, property investment in general, some titans talking about all what's going to be going on, past, present, future. Masters in business. It's about like who, listen, we, we always say the phrase, like it's not about people, who you know, people. it's about what you know, but it's both right? So it's about who you know and what you know. And it's about sharing it with as many people as you can. So like Mark said, we don't live for the weekend. We don't live for the bank holidays. We live life for every single day because it's just amazing. We're going to bring you some amazing stuff right now. So I want to know Brazil. where you are. We're not Tag from Brazil. Yeah, I love it. Daniel, Natasha, let's start tagging some people. Who do you know that you just want to give at least even the, just the opportunity for them to decide whether they like what they're going to see later? This evening, I want to say late evening. I'm talking about give us a quick few minutes. Let me get you guys. One, we need we need you to tag some more people. In fact, there is a competition right now. <laughs> who is going to tag the most people? I want to see who it is. Oh wow. Okay. Good. 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 How do you say that name? You can read that one. Sorry, friendly. This one. Oh. Ashley. Okay. Looking Bart forward Malesh. to this. So if you're looking forward to this, <laughs> Ashley, who else do you think has got? Something's holding them back. Who is it that you think wants to find out why property investment? Why should you invest in property? I think we should talk about that a little bit tonight. Why should you invest in property? More importantly, why now? Or maybe not now. Maybe now is not the time. Or have you tried it and had mistakes, failed on something and thought, this isn't for me anymore, I can't do it. Have you just backed out? Have you took a risk and then it's not followed through and thought, you know what, I just don't want to try it anymore. But if you're willing to open your mind up to new experiences and learn from people that are already doing it successfully, because that's what it's about, right? It's about finding out who are the masters in the field that you want to master in and following them and like mentoring, modeling, modeling them. Oh people. my God, we have a surprise for you. I actually forgot. We have a massive surprise for you. So make sure you stay along for all these questions all this banter that's about to happen, but make sure we have a very special surprise. surprise. Put hashtag surprise if you like surprises. You gotta put hashtag surprise right now. Right now, so I can see who is interested in the surprise, because you're gonna be the first people. Tonight's gonna be explosive, so we wanna know who's here. If you've got any questions, like get your questions in here, because we can't answer them and we can't know what's going on. If you don't tell us that you're here, you don't say hello and shout out to everyone and tag people, because listen, if they are not interested, they can just come off the live, right? So give them the opportunity by bringing this on their newsfeed, something that they might go, wow, I hate the fact that I missed that. So tag them in this and share it. Like we say, competition for the most tags, but competition for the most shares as well. Who is going to be the best sharing is caring of the night? Share this in places where you think there's going to be people there. Just give them the opportunity. Don't be shy. Don't let your little voice come up and talk you out of, oh, you know, I don't want to see like I'm forcing it on anybody. Hey, look, just give them the opportunity. They'll decide. They'll decide whether to click straight off, but at least you gave them the opportunity. So my next thing is, um, what questions do you have? 
if you have some questions for myself, Trisha, or Samuel Leeds, you better let us know now, because once we get into this, we're going to be moving fast-paced. Why? Because we want to give you as much as possible. You know the, you know the drill. We want to literally give you everything. So start tagging away. Get some people on here right now. And get your questions. What questions? What burning questions? It's all about the value. You've got to add as much value to other people's lives as you can. Because the thing is, it's like awesome. And we say this all the time about if you're doing really well and successful in yourself, that's brilliant. Because everyone wants to grow financial freedom, whether it's time freedom, choice. There's lots of different things and aspects that you're looking for as an individual yourself. But when you achieve those things, what else are you going to do? Then you actually start looking outwards and think, oh, I really want to help the people around me because they don't get it. They don't get the culture and things like that. Listen, we've got some really things, big things to talk about tonight, really exciting things to bring to you. Now, Samuel Leeds started his property journey in 2008 and became a self made millionaire within seven years. Wow, right? Now today, he runs one of the largest property training companies in the UK, watch out Samuel, and has helped thousands of people in their journey to financial freedom. Now many of his students are making the headlines in all of the newspapers, and Samuel is an award-winning speaker and best-selling author. How amazing is that? I'm sure many of you on here have got his book. If you haven't, hashtag book and i'm sure samuel and his guys can let you have a link to purchase that straight away um so we can get some info about that for you as well but probably he is best known for his financial freedom challenge how exciting is that it's all about getting financial freedom but creating a challenge out of it as well now he started all over again with nothing and achieved financial freedom in a week how many of you would love to create financial freedom in just a week for yourselves? Now, Samuel did this, so we're going to ask him some amazing questions about how he did this. Now, he is no stranger to television also, because in particular, for purchasing the famous mansion, Ribsford House in Worcestershire. Now, this is some exciting news. Please welcome Samuel Leeds to our amazing, amazing live this evening. Thanks so much for having me on. It's great to be here with you guys. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can see you. Awesome. Great for you to be here. So look, just for to remind the people who already know, but for those people who maybe knew, this is real life wealth creation, and the flavor we are bringing to you today is property investment. So it's real life versus Samuel Leeds. Samuel, how are you, my friend? I'm super, super good, excited about being on here and just loving your guys' energy. So uh, again, thanks for having me. <laughs> no, pleasure. I know it's short notice, so I want to thank you for being able to uh, you know, sort this out, be here, and uh, literally with very minimal preparation, because that's, that's that, you know, we're just going to freestyle. We're it. just real, we're man. We're just going to freestyle. We want to add as much value to as many people as possible. So let's see where we align with each other on that. So look, what apart from what we've just said, what is it that people what is it that people might not know about you that's gonna be useful for them or interesting for them to know? Um I don't know, man. I mean I just I just love vlogging what I'm doing, you know. So I mean my whole my whole property kind of following started from me just when I was buying properties, I would just video it and vlog it. In fact, I never intended to have like a large YouTube channel or anything like that. It was just a case of, I was doing it for a few friends that were interested. 
you know. So um, interesting about me. I buy. I sometimes buy crazy houses. <laughs> what do you mean by crazy houses? Well, obviously, like the famous one that you mentioned. I bought a castle last year, which is Woo! just mega. So we're going to be spending a couple of million doing that up. Um, and, and to be honest, although we're going to be making really good money on it, because I, I, I think it's really important to buy with formulas rather than feelings. But for, to be honest, it was the enjoyment of the restoration of the castle part, big part of the reason. So, uh, so yeah, that's the big one at the moment. And then we've got some, we're building, we're building some houses from scratch at the moment um, on a piece of land that we've bought. So yeah, I, I, I love to just keep real varied, you know, in what I'm, in what I'm, in what I'm buying. And, and I really believe in diverse, di- diversification. People say, you know, what strategy are you doing? And to be honest, I think as a, as a good successful property investor, rather than, and this is not necessarily what everybody believes. And of course, everyone's just their own thing. But I think that a successful property investor is not someone that has a strategy and just goes boom and just sticks. A property investor is someone that's got a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience, and they're, they're problem solvers. And, and they just have lots of different things up their sleeve. And then they assess situations and then bring that to it and if you do that you end up getting some really interesting deals yeah you do because i I always say this all the time it's like you said samuel it's about diversification Mm. having lots of eggs in lots of different baskets different areas yeah it's not necessarily like you're you're waiting for something to happen but it's just yeah you want to make sure that you've got a split of the market with different kind of income strategies for different reasons and it's just nice to mix it up a bit because some areas possibly might go quiet at one point but then your other area takes over yeah so you go back and forth exactly i've got problems i've got properties that i bought 10 years ago that haven't gone up at all in value you know at all and i'm thinking i'm so glad i didn't just have that as like my patch i'm so glad yeah. that i've got properties all over the place because in, in, in some areas they've more than doubled you just don't know and i think as you say if you've got got more than um more than one basket with lots of eggs it, yeah. it's it, it, as long as you don't lose focus you know but yeah so um just, i just thought of a question but before that before i forget so you say that it's better to use formulas rather than feelings right yeah so this um what's this strategy called where you buy crazy houses is that a strategy what 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 form, no i don't think do you use? <laughs> i don't think it's a strategy to buy crazy houses i mean it could be it's not my strategy, but I think when you use formulas, you, 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 you can end up buying properties that you wouldn't necessarily think that you would buy, but it, tick, you know, it, it ticks the boxes. So, I mean, for, for the castle project, it's just a case of, cause that's like, cause that's a, a, a refurb. It's just a case of what's the value now? What will the value be? How much is it going to cost to get it to that? And then what's the difference, you know, whereas if you're doing a, a buy to let, of course the formula is different. Um, so, yeah, it's really important. It's re- I mean, we're, I'm actually looking to buy a house for myself to live in because I rent at the moment. I'm, I'm sitting in one of the rooms in my house right now and it shocks people that I rent this place. I don't know if you guys, if you guys rent or own where you live, but um, I'm looking to buy my, my first house. I'm kind of, me and my wife have decided that we are now finally open to buying a house to live in. And it's so different. It's so different because there's no formulas. It's like, literally, we've, we, you know, <laughs> we, we, can, we can pay whatever we want because 
it doesn't matter if we pay over asking price if you're going to live there for forever. So it's, 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 it's and you kind of go against everything, don't you, Samuel? It's like you do everything yeah. that you're not supposed to do to, yeah. in your property business. You put to overpay. You're like, oh, but this, yeah. this is what I want. But yeah. We agree. We agree. And I mean, this is, listen, it could be controversial in some people's eyes, but for us, I mean, that's totally on the same wavelength with us because we believe, you know, now we're financially educated in that market where property or investing or whatever you want to think about is that we found out that in the time that we've owned our properties that we lived in ourselves, we, we could have four times our money in that year when actually in half the time in half the yeah. time so you, you and we just like realize the money you pump into a house with and you live there for a while and the value goes up a little bit and then you might sell it on the amount of money you make versus what you could make use that money for in between because mm. obviously with so far we built our portfolio yeah. with zero of our own money but now it's like do we just do we pump it all into a house or actually do we expand it further so it's interesting to and then build that you're renting so, yeah, um, it's, 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 such a, it's such a different, for me, it grates me having to do normal things like, uh, again, I've just bought a new car this week and, uh, and we're looking to buy a house, but it grates me because if I'm buying a house to live in, I just can't help see it as a commercial thing. So I can't yeah, help but think, problem. yeah, it is. It screws you up, but it, but does I, screw you up. <laughs> it screws you up a little like, bit. A yeah. Like, cause I, cause what we say to our investors, I mean, you like we, we've got, um almost seven million in our portfolio now and and that's just in over two years we've done that with um all investors and now the way that what we say to them is look i know you want to keep and pay your mortgage off and have no, no mortgage and stuff but actually you're losing money when you're doing yeah. that because currency is going down if you're not growing your money yeah. and then so then we're like how can we then just apply money into our own property it's just it, it's yeah crazy. i think i oh, think we're like yeah, the thing is, most people want to be debt-free, whereas what we believe is first become financially free, because yeah. being debt-free isn't even that great. <laughs> you know, most of the most of the most successful business people on the planet are not debt-free, whereas in pe most people's minds, it's just a case of I want to be debt-free, pay off the mortgage. But actually, when you're financially free, and then you're ultimately financially free, and you're wealthy and whatever, then you know, if you want to pay off your mortgage, then that's fine. But I think people have people have got it backward. And again, when people are trying to invest we're screwed up because we can't buy a normal house to live in because we continually looking at it as a commercial purchase, but they're the opposite. Most people are screwed up because when they're trying to get into investment, they can't help, but, but, but have that, that way of thinking, which is, um, a, your, a, your home is your biggest, um, ever investment. And you yeah. know, it's gotta be just perfect. And what, what's the garden like? And I don't know if what, what the, it doesn't feel right. Or even when people say, I've heard, I've heard successful investors say this, and I completely disagree where they say, if I wouldn't live in it myself, then I wouldn't buy it and rent it out to anyone else. To me, that's just completely nonsense because like, you might not live in it yourself, but you might have wanted to live in that 10 years ago. The, the, do you know what? This pulls me onto an awesome point that I cover on one of our training days. Because I say to people, like, they're like, yeah, but why, how do we know if it's, it's the right area? And I said, yeah, obviously, you can ascertain a different area for a different strategy of what you know is going to work right. But the great thing about it is an area that you drive through that you might not know if it's a good area or not. Does somebody live there? And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, so it does work for a yeah. strategy. You bang just have on. to find out which one. Yeah. And oh, yeah, it on. might not be an area that you live in. However, it could be an area that works for social housing, yeah. professional HMO, buy to let, 
um, yeah. you know, your new build or Bang whatever, on. there's always going to be a strategy for someone. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it might not be somewhere you personally would live, but who cares? Someone yeah. wants to live there, so you just need to find the market for what you want to invest in. I agree. I always say, sorry, I always say, everything will rent out at the right price. Yeah. You just need to figure out what the right price is. <laughs> Like we always say, a house is worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Like, we yeah. create yeah. our own values in our areas all no, the time. When, when you're selling, that's all it comes down to. Yeah. It's all it comes down to. It's worth what someone's going to pay for it. But just to finish off on that deck, so I've got another interesting question I want to ask. Is, um, I'm sure I heard somewhere along the line um, that the, one of the dragons, he's, uh, I think it was Duncan, Duncan Valentine. He said his goal is to die with a billion dollars of debt. Yeah, you know, so just I love that. Good debt. It's good debt. Well, you know, yeah. obviously everyone each their own. But so here's the thing, right? So what we see, um, we obviously know that you got uh, you, you train a lot of people, and uh, we train and coach a lot of people. And what we always see is uh, these little voices and these these things that people have even been told that somebody's told them or they've come up with it themselves that hold them back. You know, like these little voices that, let me just give you one, for example, that they're they're not good enough. So in your opinion, or actually first prior to that, I think what's good is when people can relate and think that it's not just them. Because the problem is they think, oh, there's no deals, but it's only me who can't find the deals. So (laughs) what what I want to know is, you know, through your journey, what are the little voices that you've mm-hmm. had? What are, the, what are the things that you've even been telling yourself that's not been holding yeah, sure. back or other people have told you? What are all those things that have been said to you? Yes. Yeah, so when I first started out in business, I was really, really young. So I'm 28 now. I actually bought my house um, as a teenager. So, you know, I started very young. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I'm, you know, I, I, I it was a no money down deal, <laughs> but I think starting out when I was viewing properties and I was going to networking events, being a teenager, like, you know, pretty much fresh out of school, I had a massive um, complex about my age. I just constantly thought I'm too young. No one takes me seriously. Um, And I think, I mean, I'll say it, I'll be back. I did. I still did pretty well, you know, but that was, that was a, that was a big thing. And, and luckily, I think in the property industry, people are pretty nice generally and supportive and collaborative. And that's something you guys talk about a lot about, you know, collaboration rather than trying to compete. And, you know, I was really welcomed in by the whole property community as a teenager. And people kind of almost took me seriously, even though I was myself think, feeling like a kid in a suit, completely out of place. Um, so that, that was something I needed to get over. And um, the, the, the next thing was, um, just the whole issue of being uh, successful and I'm from, I'm from a Christian, a Christian home and you know, in the church, <laughs> the idea is if you have a lot of money, you've probably had to walk over the poor people to do it and you know, don't earn more than you need because that's greedy and all this sort of stuff. So that was something I really, I really grappled with as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, absolutely. There was, there were, there were challenges and doubts and, problems you know all through and i mean even 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 now potentially there's some i think the difference is um everyone's going to have hindering thoughts or limiting beliefs it's just a case of how you handle that and what you you know do you do you let that control you or do you just actually look at it rationally and logically and just keep and just keep walking so um yeah there's a couple though over the last decade 
Yeah. I love the honesty. I love yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. That's good. I mean, obviously, you overcame them because, uh, you know, you're on the journey where you are and you've, you're having the success and had the success that you've had. So I don't know if, if you're the same as, as, as myself and some other people that I've been speaking with around. Look, in the beginning, you don't really have much. There's not really that much to lose. Mm-hmm. So what, what kind of happened up here for you in your, in your mind as, ta- as you started to build your wealth, as your success started to grow, then like, did you have any things that have come up? Was there any kind of sabotage? Was there any kind of like, oh wow, you know, it's a bit risky now because I do have something to lose or, or was it just straightforward? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I think um, talk, going back to the whole Christian thing and I, I think there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Sort of around about 20, 21 years old after when I've got my first property deal, my first couple deals, it gave me a lot of confidence. And I think your first deal is always your hardest. So I was like, yeah, you know, wanting to take on the world and really ready. (laughs) But then when I got to a point of success whereby I had, you know, sort of 10, 11, 12 houses and, and for my age, I was doing not even for my age, I was just doing really well. Didn't need to work anymore if I didn't want to from, from the portfolio. Um, you know, I think there, there, were, there were certain people, not meaning to dwell on it, but there might be people watching this in that, in that scenario. But, there were, you know, there are certain people that you think are your friends that aren't as happy for you as you think they, they would be and, and all kinds of stuff. And, yeah, it did sabotage it. And it, it really um, held me back. It really held me back to the point where I um, put my whole business and everything to one side. And I actually went to Bible college. and. Um, I did a dissertation on biblical economics, which is basically, wow. is it okay to make loads of money and also be a good person? That was what I studied for three years. So, uh, and it came to some conclusions that basically said money, uh, when you make money, it's actually, if someone gives you money, it's a, it's a certificate of thanks because you've added value to that person. And the more money you make, the more people you've helped. And then as a result of that, you can then help more people by being generous with the money that you got. And I've got a real strong conviction that if you've got, if you're living in a country, I'm living in a country with the ability to make money and I've got the God given brain to do it, not to do it would be wrong. (laughs) So then after that, any of those little voices, I could tell them to shut up. And anyone that judged me for being wealthy, I know I sleep really well at night. So then I just, I just went crazy and went from being financially free to, you know, (laughs) pretty successful. So I know you teach a lot of, you're always talking about formulas over feelings and, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, quite close to you in terms of, you know, the training and I've seen the success of your students and the growth of you and your training, you're doing some amazing, uh, quite large trainings, I see. So like, what would you say is the percentage ratio between the fundamental information that is required, you know, there's obviously knowledge needed, so what percentage is that and what percentage is, you know, the mindset on how you like the psychology part of it. And maybe there's more parts, you know? Yeah. 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 Really good question. I mean, without a shadow, shadow of a doubt, um, the kind of, the kind of person you are and the kind of action you're prepared to take is massive because you can have all the knowledge and you can still be unsuccessful 
without taking the action. So I don't know exactly what the percentage would be. Um, I, think, I think the three combinations of in-success, I would probably say, would be one, yes, the knowledge. Would be two, the belief that you can do it. And number three would be implementation, actually taking the action and doing it. So, and I reckon it will probably be a third, a third of each. Because even if you implement, even if you implement, if you don't believe that it's going to happen, it won't happen. Because you can, you can do it, but you can do it with a bad attitude. Totally. And that's a whole different session. You can have the knowledge, but the thing is you can have too much knowledge because some people yeah. get so much knowledge that yeah. they talk themselves out of it. A yeah. lot of like, people that have come into our trainings, I'm like, wow, why haven't you pursued that deal? Or why did you lose that deal? And they're like, um, I just basically, they just procrastinated so long and panicked and was like, was it right? Do I do this? Because this is why, in our opinion, like having coaches and mentors to guide you through it to make sure that you're staying on the right path and you've got people that you can check in with is so important and be surrounded by the right network of people. So that's another thing with mindset because you can be in the great mindset, in the great belief. But if you're surrounded by like a toxic environment of people telling you can't do it, people saying you're wrong, you know, that's not good for you either because it's like an infection. It grows in you when you surround yourself by it enough, you know? So how important is it to you, yeah. like your environment? Mm, mega, mega, mega important environment. Um, one of the things that I really, really believe is, I believe that the answer is always over the other side of the hill. So sometimes you can try and figure out what's over the hill, but actually you just got to walk and figure it out. And I, I often say, don't try and figure out the X, Y, Z until you've walked the ABC. And people will ask me questions and I'll, and I'll refuse to answer them because I'll say, that's a Z question. And what I mean by that is like someone will say something like, so what contracts do you use for a rent to rent? That's a Z question. Just get the deal. And then you can figure the Z out. But I'm not answering any of your stupid Z questions if you're not prepared to walk the A. <laughs> yes, I, love that. I just won't answer them because, you know, oh, what kind of insurance do you need? And what do you say? What do you say to the landlord at this point? How's about get to that point and then ask me the question? Because right now you haven't even got any landlord you're speaking with. You don't know your patch. You're not viewing any houses. I'm not answering all your Z questions for your notebook. Your stall questions. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, good, good, good. So. Um, I love this look at the passion. I so, can feel it coming through well, the screen. What I want to know is, <laughs> let's say, let's say you, 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 were start, you were starting over again. Would you, would you look at the market the way it is today and think, right, property investment, I need to get into this. Would you do yes. that? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. So if, if you was then to do that and you was looking to acquire the knowledge through some coaching, mentoring, training or whatever, you've got to find what's available. Yeah. What is like, what would you do? How would you navigate um, to find, how would you navigate yourself into the market? What would you go and do? Um, it, it's a good question. And it's kind of a little bit kind of what I've been doing recently. And this is why I do the financial freedom challenge because where, where I start all over again from scratch with nothing. And then, just make a start and just, you know, see what happens. Um, so is your question, what would I do or how would I find the right training and environments or both? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you do? How would you find the right training environments? Yeah. Would you um, find a training environment or would you just go do I, it? No, I, I think 
even when I started all over again, just like a couple months ago, I was thinking it would be so good if I was in some good training environments right now. You know, and that's me having done it already, running my own training program because it's just like, it's just completely, and that's, and that's why you, and that's why I run a training program because I just, I just think that it's the contacts, the networking, the, the, the accountability, the buzz, the knowledge, the connections, the joint venture partners, the golden nuggets, the strategy. It's just, yeah. I, I mean, the property is the second best investment. The best is yourself. So um, what would I do if I was starting again? It depends if I had any money or not. <laughs> if I had money, I'd do different things to if I had no money. So it, it depends on what my outcome was. Is my outcome to get quick cash? Have I got a job? Have I got a job that I like and I just want to build wealth? I think it's a hard question to answer without knowing what my like objective with. So I guess the first thing would be I'd write down and what do I want? What's my objective? I'd get a business plan and some goals. Awesome. Good. So what what do you think then is um what do you think's next for investors in the industry? What's coming? What people either got to look forward to or watch out for? Like, what, what's your opinion of, of mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Um, I think there's going to be. I mean, obviously, there's all, there's always opportunity, and there's always disappointment, all the time. So, what's going to happen? Um, there's 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 going to be people making money. There's going to be people losing money. <laughs> Just, yeah. Let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase it. Well, how, how are you preparing yourself for, you know, expansion, moving forward, you know, being, being in a position to be able to cater for whatever happens? How are you preparing yourself? Yeah. Well, I guess what is going to happen generally in the property market? Well, obviously we've got, we've got Brexit and, and, and lots of things going on like that. Um, interest rates are still pretty low. So what's going to happen? What, what's going to happen? Um, I mean, predicting the general general property market, um, there's a lot of scared people at the moment. Houses are pretty are pretty um, tough to tough to shift at the moment. So it's it's probably a more a buyer's market. Um, when I'm looking at where to buy, I'll always look at what the last ten years has done. If the last ten years has absolutely boomed, like in London, it has. So at the moment, in London, properties are, 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 are dipping. But if you look over the last sort of 10 years, there's been massive, massive expansion. Um, whereas in other places like Liverpool, for instance, Liverpool houses haven't gone up for 10 years. So I'll, I'll usually, if I'm looking for capital appreciation, I'll buy where properties have bottomed out rather than buying where properties are already high. Usually when people are, uh, when there's a bandwagon, I'll, I'll avoid it. So when everyone's talking about something, it's like Bitcoin. Everyone was going crazy about Bitcoin. And when the taxi drivers are all talking about it, that's when you know it's, it's probably going to crash. Um, <laughs> so, Bitcoin, so most what, people who made money in Bitcoin made money before everyone was talking about it on social media. Yeah. So if, if everyone was talking about it and everyone's doing it, then it probably isn't necessarily the best thing to do. What I'm doing so, right now, a lot of myself, is, is lease option agreements. Okay, good. I'll tell you why. I was just, I was just about to ask you. I was just about to ask you. Are there any strategies that you're favouring into this? At the moment, lease option agreements. Yeah, because there's there's still a lot of people in the country that are in negative equity, and they're in negative equity, so their value of their house is is worth less than their mortgage, so they can't sell, but they're absolutely petrified of Brexit, so they're like, oh my gosh, they don't want to be landlords. They're scared. 
everyone's there's a lot of there's a lot of press and media going around at the moment. The Bartlett's dead, so they're, they're thinking I don't want to be I, I want out. They want to jump ship, but they can't jump ship because they they've got no equity in their house. So I, I you know I've, I'm doing I've actually got a portfolio that I've just taken on on lease option agreement. Um, so I think I think it's a really right now it's a really powerful strategy. It's not so the thing is when I went to America it was quite difficult to get a lease option agreement because the market's trending and it's going up and everyone knows it's going up. So when you say your house is on for $100,000, but I'll buy it for $110,000 in seven years, they're like, it's going to be worth way more than that in seven years. So no thanks. Whereas in England, even though we know in seven years, in most parts of England, properties are going to be a lot higher. But people don't know that because they're just stuck in what's going on this month, which is, oh, there's been a bad news article and, and, and Brexit. Oh, we don't know what's going to happen with Brexit. I mean, come on. So, so it's, it's, actually, it's actually quite good for that sort of thing. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, some other people are of the same opinion as, as well. Lease options, especially if there's going to be a bit of a dip or a crash or whatever yeah. people want to call it. I mean, who knows? Maybe there is. Maybe there is. Maybe there is, um, maybe there isn't, who knows? <laughs> no one knows. That, that's what's exciting, right? It's that's what happened before. No, nothing like, nothing, what's going on right now has not happened really before. So, I mean, sometimes people just, I, it just when I see articles about, um, it's, it's a really bad time to do buy to let because of section 24 and they're going on about section 24. It's like, come on, that's so old news. I don't even know why it's in the news right now. We know there are ways around the, the, the section 24. If you're buying properties today, you buy them in a company rather than as an individual, and then you get around the, the section 24. But there's, there's still, it's, these journalists are bringing it out right now as if it's brand new news, and people are reading it and going, oh my gosh, section 24. It's like, come on, it's like two years old. <laughs> yeah, so hey, look, this one of those things, buzzwords, Brexit, you know, these rules, and you see these articles flying around all the time, oh, you know, They've said this is going to happen. They've said that's going to happen, and it's and it's all good fun. I think you know causes some uh, movement in the market. Some well, Warren Buffett says, Warren Buffett says, when people are scared, that's when you've got to be greedy, and when people are greedy, that's when you've got to be scared. So, absolutely, yeah, exactly. So, what I want to talk about is because you know I see these comments, so I want to get your opinion on it. I see these comments, and I hear these things sometimes. People, people are saying like. You know, property investment. I want to talk a little bit about the training world, right? So, you know, because I think we, I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we come from very similar places when it comes from, you know, wanting to help people move forward, you know, give them the knowledge, give them the skills, uh, you know, abilities to, to do something better for themselves, you know, enhance what they've already got or maybe get people unstuck. Uh, would I be right in saying that? I think we're similar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And when, it, when you put yourself out there into, into that type of um, position, I don't, know, I don't know what you think of this, but I hear a lot of people saying things along the lines of, hey, listen, if it's that great, then why are you telling everybody else? It just creates more competition against you. You're going to have less. So I want to know, what's your opinion of you know, either that mindset or that statement, however you want to address it, just when people are thinking, hey, look, when you're on to a good thing, why don't you keep it to yourself? Why don't you just go make money in that area? You know, why, why waste your time yeah. doing anything else or going anywhere else or trying to help? Yeah. Well, well for a start, for a start, most people do do that. So 
most people that are successful, you know, I, I remember, I remember having dinners and stuff and it's like, Oh, you know, your second great uncle is, is, is a millionaire in property or whatever. And you try and talk to him and understand what he's doing. And, and his cards will be so close to his chest. You know, he's not giving anything away. And that's most rich people. Most rich people um, don't, don't share what they're doing. They do keep it to themselves. So if, you, if you're saying like, why, why, would I, why am I not doing that? Does it create competition and stuff? It just obviously doesn't. Like I run a training business. I get paid pretty good money to, to train as well. So a lot of my, my, my training is, is free, but I get, it's a, I'm also running a training business. So I'm paid to do it. I enjoy it. Um, it's, it gives me a brand. So the fact that I have a training business and I've got a YouTube channel and, and, and stuff like that, and I'm on TV and all that kind of stuff, it, it, it sets me as an authority. So when I'm trying to get deals, it's, it's very easy to do that. I have a lot of my students joint venture with me. It's just, I just think for me to say, I'm not going to share it with anybody because I want to do it on my own and I don't want anyone else to know about it. It's just super small minded. So I'm very happy to teach. Good. Yeah, no good. I just, I just wondered what your take is interesting to get your take on that. You know, um, can I just say one thing about that as well. It's the same as, it's the same as money. Any, any, I think everything on this earth is leasehold. Because we come in with nothing and we go and we leave with nothing, so I don't, I don't. Yes, I'm a, I'm a multimillionaire and, and whatever, but my money and my business and everything, I try and I try and hold with open hands. So, what I mean by that is, when when you're knowledgeable, you can hold your knowledge real tight like this. But then what happens is, although you keep it to yourself, you're not open to receive more anyway. So when you when you when you come from a, a giving point of view and you and you and you're generous with your money and you're generous with your knowledge and you've got open hands and you collaborate and you share and you've got your hands open, the world's just a much bigger place and more beautiful. Yeah, and um, you know, for me when I was younger, I didn't see that at all. Mm. I didn't I didn't see. In fact, when I used to play football, if I I, w I would train with everybody else and then, I'll, and then after training, I'd go and train by myself, but I, I would like walk off with everyone else and then when everyone's gone, then I'd run back because I didn't want them to see me. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want them to see that I'm taking on extra training or I'm trying to get myself better. If I figured something out, I'll keep it to myself. Yeah. And I always wondered, why am I not progressing fast? Why am I not actually going out there? And so so for, for anyone yeah. who has all this great information, all these things like, um, hey, look, if you can't do it, then teach, or whatever that saying is. You know, if you can't do, then teach. It's the biggest load of, you know, BS that I heard. And, you know, everyone knows what BS is, right? It's yeah, I mean, belief system. Maybe yeah. it's true for some people. Maybe some people teach and, and, and they can't do it. I don't know. I can only speak for myself. I mean, I, I was in property for, uh, I was aggressively growing my property portfolio for five, six years before I ever did any teaching um i think yeah i don't know i just think all i know is me and i know obviously i know you guys you guys have got good hearts and are doing well um i teach because i really enjoy it as well so my, my my wage doesn't even change like i get a set wage if i'm if i have a if my if my castle comes off really well and i make three million from my castle project it's not going to affect my wage my wage is just the same 
So everything I do is from a position of enjoyment and fun, really, these days. And of course, I enjoy making money and crunching the numbers and, and, and all that. But the, the money is just a way to keep score of the game. But really, it's just about enjoying the game. Good. Yeah, enjoying it. Yeah, I, I think a, a lot of it, because when, when I got to that point, because at the beginning, I was really selfish, because I was like, no, well, I want to, you know, I can't help other people until I help myself. Because yeah. that's the way, like, I always wanted to help people, and I'm like a giver. So I was always, I was always looking for, okay, what can I do to make them better in their lives, in, in their businesses, in whatever I did before. Mm. And then when we got into property, and lots of people would ask questions, and how are you doing this, things like that. It got to a point for, for a while where I was like, you know what, I need to just concentrate on getting myself out first. It's like when they're on the plane, and they say, mm. the mask come down, you must put your own on first before you put it on your child, or before you put help somebody else. Because you, if you can't take care of yourself first, then you absolutely can't help the other people. You need to walk the walk first. Like we say, you know, because there's a lot of people that have loads of theories out there, you know, you have to have been doing it for 20 odd years for to be experienced in it. Well, experience is the only teacher in our case. So like you could be in property and you could build a whatever portfolio over 20 years. Somebody could do the same amount in two years What's the difference in experience and then time? That's a good you know? question. What is, the, what, what is your opinion on people who have been doing property 20, maybe 30, I don't know, probably 40 years versus people who are, are fresh in the game? Uh, what, what, what's the difference? Especially if they do training. You know, people might have said, oh, you've got 30 years experience, so uh, come and learn from someone who's been in the game 30 years. I, or, think, I, think people that have been in, I think people that have been in it a lot sooner tend to be more optimistic sometimes about some things. So they might have a rose colored glasses on things like tenants. And, you know, if you've not been through a recession, for instance, uh, you know, it does, it does give you a certain depth. Um, however, sometimes people have been in it for, in it for I mean, I've, I've been in property for 11 years, so I like to keep myself fresh and do new things though. So sometimes I see people that have been in, it doesn't matter so much about how long you've been in it. It matters about what you've done. So, if you've been in it 20 years, but you make a thousand pound a month, <laughs> you know, it, so it's, I mean, I think that being in it for a long time doesn't necessarily mean that you're really good and experienced. Sometimes people say they've got 20 years experience, but I think they've got one year experience, just photographed 20 times. Ah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so it's not the I, what, what are you saying? It's not the number of years, but it's it's what you do in those years. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you've if you've been in property three months and and, you, and you're trying to teach people how to make money in property, then it's like okay. I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't really judge what anyone does, and I guess as long as you're real and authentic. If you say, look, I've been in the game for twelve months, but here's what I've done, and you know. I haven't really got a problem with that. Um, but I think being, being, being in property long enough to see the good and the bad and get to go through, you know, some, some of the recessions, uh, to see interest rates change, to see what it's like having to deal with tenants and go to court with bad tenants, because this is sometimes the reality of, of, of having a large buy-to-let portfolio. So I think ha having been through that um, and being in the game long enough to see that, I, you know, it's definitely, definitely going to help give you a, a, a deeper breadth of understanding for sure so really it's about um making mistakes yeah for sure yeah so so but not mistakes 
because a recession isn't a mistake. It's just, it's just, it's just something that happens and knowing how, knowing how to deal with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So a recession, a recession is one thing. So I get that, but um, yeah. Okay. Good. Even tenant, yeah. even a bad tenant. Sorry. Bad yeah. Tenant. A bad tenant is not a mistake. It's something that you need to budget for. <laughs> you know, um, I, I um, the the things that go wrong in property or things challenges that that come about. You know, it's not necessarily a mistake. It's only a mistake if you don't if you don't budget for it or prepare for it. For sure. Yeah. What's your advice? How do you prepare for something like that? Yeah. Um, so if it's, if it's uh, for instance, recession, it's possible that in the next couple of years, there will be a, a, a certain a, a dip at least, but potentially a recession in this country. So if I was, if I was uh, preparing for that, what I would do is I would have exit strategies. So if your strategy is to buy and to sell, Right now, buying and selling is quite a tough thing to do. So it's about, it's about having the right strategy in place for things like that. So for interest rates, if, if you can prepare for interest rates going up, it's just about making sure that you fix, fix your rates or you have enough cushion in the rent so that if interest rates do go up by 2 3%, you're still in healthy profit. I think, think you know, just things like that. How do you prepare for bad tenants? You'll just make sure that you have good referencing and vetting checks in place. Um, you make sure that you um, get the right kind of tenants. But even if you've got good tenants, just make sure you've got a little bit of a buffer for when they move out to, to spend two, three grand on a refurb. Because if, you, if, if the tenant moves out and you need to move another tenant in, but the property needs £3,000 spending on it, but you're flat broke, it, it, it can be a downward spiral. So I just think being, being smart and common sense, yes, in property, you can make loads and loads and loads of money. Yes, you can become financially free. I mean, geez, I became financially free in a week on my challenge. So 100%, but it's just, I think you've just got to be aware of, of, of some of, the, some of the, the things. And it's not even bad stuff. It's just stuff that you need to budget for. If you're making a thousand pound a month on a, on a HMO property, that's great. But just put maybe 150 pounds aside for if there's a problem so it's still great but it's only not great if you go and spend that money and then there's a problem awesome yeah good so let's let's talk about the training industry because i love it and it's uh and it's something that i've seen change a lot of people's lives so uh, by the way i don't think i've seen a bit of collaboration in the training world but i don't think i've seen anyone uh, do what we're doing right now and um, two sets of people in the same area and uh, we're just sitting here talking as if uh, and i just apologize i'm not rude my 16 month old is just learning how to climb out of oh. an interesting for everybody that's okay <laughs> 16 months how many kids have you got three three kids wow so it's fun and games in this household well you yeah to come three I've, I've got two downstairs wow how old are yours um, I've got an 18 month old and a three, four month old. Oh, wow. oh, congratulations. One of each, very blessed. Yeah, very thanks. Blessed. Yeah, no, I, I like where you were going with that because I, I think that's what's most fun about this is that very, very rarely, if, if ever, I mean, I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've seen it in a really long time where two people in the same industry 
and in the same kind of field that come together. Because I think the, the problem is that in a lot of it, it's skepticism of competition, dog eat dog, you know, bring one company down to make the other company look good. You know, there's a lot of that out there. And actually, I think the competition just makes them look bad or people sort of saying things, gossiping in the background, things like that. It's just not a good image. You know, you should never get anywhere by putting another business down. Or yeah, well, hold on. Let's, 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 let's put it out there. So I'm not saying, I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. But what's your opinion, Samuel, on, you know, people who might want to promote their training by saying something else is, or that way is no good? I, I just don't agree with, 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 with knocking anybody. I think that, there's just there's just no room. There's just no room for it. I mean, there's good and bad in every industry, in the property industry, in the training industry. There's always good and bad, but the, uh, I'm just not into focusing on the bad. I'd rather just I'd rather just focus on the good. So, I, so what would be your advice? I'm, to I'm never a fan. And sometimes I get people messaging me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Carry on. Sometimes people message me, and they say. Oh, I'm thinking of doing business with this person, or or I'm thinking of going on this training program or whatever, and it's it's obviously iron training programs. I'll just say, yeah, go for it. <laughs> you know, like I'm just I'm just I'm just not really into knocking knocking anybody, and also everyone's on their own journey. And every every, every something that I might think is not great, like if I think, oh, I don't like this course, or I don't like this for someone else, it could be just exactly what they need. So. People just gel with different people and learn in different ways and do business different. And, um, and, and if you're hating, if you're hating on someone, you're always beneath them anyway. So, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not for that at all. So nice. And, and people, and part of one of, one of, one of our, one of our code of honor is, is not to gossip anyway. So it says when you walk into my office, um, we've got 31 members of staff and there's a big plaque up on the wall with our team code of honor from Blessinger. And one of the things says, don't gossip. If you wouldn't say it to someone's face, then just don't say it at all. So I'm all for being direct with people. If I think someone's, if I think someone needs to be, you know, put straight, that's fine. But I'm just, um, in my, in my home and in my office, gossip is just not allowed. It just, it just doesn't really happen. Good. Nice people might say bad stuff about me. I don't know, but I'm not interested anyway. (laughs) I mean, I don't give, I don't give people stuff. I don't give I don't give people stuff to say bad stuff, you know. Really, I think that probably the only bad stuff people might say about me is um, that they might um, think that my they might um, get it twisted and think that my my passion is aggression because sometimes I can get really um, quite hard with people. Like if people are asking me loads of Z questions. Yeah, ah, get it. So what advice would you have for someone who, like you say, because there's good and bad in every you know, industry in every area. Yeah. So for people who hear bad things like, oh my God, this is a scam. You know, you don't need training. Go read a book. You can find the information on the internet. You know, oh, this person, you know, is no good. Like all of that stuff people hear. But like you say, because there is a bad, but there is also good. What advice would you give to people who have maybe hit, heard these things or they've kind of now been framed like oh wow so maybe it isn't very good maybe i you know i shouldn't go to i shouldn't go and investigate some training what advice would you give to people who have that mindset for them to be more open yeah i think um 
I think it's just a case of look, look at the results because at the end of the day, results don't lie. So if 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 there's a um, if someone's saying, "Oh, this is a scam" or "property is too good to be true," look at the results of the person that's saying it. You know, are they are they successful? Probably not. Um, they're probably broke. And then the, the if you're wanting to go on a program, and, and and people are saying the program's too good to be true, or the program's a scam, or whatever, then then just Google it. Google will tell you everything, or or or, or look at the results. Because sometimes people say, "Oh, is that property trainer? Is he really that successful?" I tell I tell people, "Yeah, look, I'm a multimillionaire. You can check that up, and and you know I own a castle and stuff." But that doesn't matter. What matters is how successful my students are. So just look at the results of the person and the, what, what's happened. And then at the end of the day, I mean, with property training, most property training, there's usually um, like, um, like, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know exactly how you guys work, but, you know, our, our property investors crash course is free anyway. So it's like, how much, you, what's the best case, worst case and likely case? <laughs> you know, what are you actually going to lose if you, if you go along to the program or if, if you're about to put your life savings into something, um, then, then maybe be, be a little bit careful. But if you're going on a free program, just, just go for it. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Good advice. So, look, um, amazing to have you on here. Amazing for you to share all of your knowledge, your strategies, answering all our questions. Hope you had fun. Um, I, know you, I know you didn't have any um, preparation. We didn't even prep you what I was going to ask you. So thank you for trusting uh, <laughs> that this was going to be, you know, fun and, and the way I've gone. So um, we have, so, so our guys, so yeah, so, so our guys, um, we, we have a members area. So guys, a member area is still going to happen eight o'clock. So straight after this, eight o'clock, we're going to be that members area. We're going to debrief, answer any more questions, or you guys might have something that's going on right now, your property journey. So we're going to deal with that. But before we do, uh, Samuel, do you have, uh, what's next for you? What's, what's coming up? What, what can people look forward to? Yeah, lots actually. Uh, I've got quite a few things going on with. Um, I'm running a. Um, I'm, I'm running something called the Eviction, which is a like a TV show. Uh, it's a bit like The Apprentice, but it's a property version. So we've got 13 candidates. They're all set property challenges. They've got to go and find lease option agreements, and rent to rents, and all that kind of stuff. And then the weakest candidate is evicted every challenge until there's a winner who's going to win twenty thousand pounds. That is the final is coming up. So this is all going to be on YouTube next month. No, this month. Are we in May yet? I don't even know. No, we're not. No, we're in April still. I'm always slightly ahead. So, uh, so that's taken up a lot of time. I've been living in a castle uh, all month uh, where, where that's been going on. Um, and then I'm doing a dinner uh, with Robert Kiyosaki. I'm hosting a dinner with Robert Kiyosaki on Friday. Um, Monday, I'm meeting Jordan Belfort. I'm taking some of my students along to come and have a dinner with Jordan Belfort. Um, yeah, training. I've got some crash courses. We've got uh, two or three crash courses coming up next month. Um, so busy, fun, fulfilled, and uh, enjoying living the mission. Awesome. Well, again, amazing to spend some time with you this evening. Hopefully, we see a lot more of each other. I'm sure we will somewhere along the line. Collaboration is key. I love it. Yeah, collaboration is key. That's what people are saying. But uh, yeah, the question is competition or collaboration i'm just going to leave that out there for everyone to ponder upon what are you going to do yourself so for everyone thank you all you people all your comments all your reactions some great new faces so um fantastic thank you for being here 
for you guys that have been here. Again, thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for keep showing up. It's been amazing. We will see you again next time. Hey, listen, we have something amazing next week. So get on the Real Life Wealth Creation page. Check out what's coming up next because we just want to bring you as much value as possible for free. That's how it says it's for free. Just check it out. Just check it out and see what you can get from it. And then let's see what happens. So again, until next time, we'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. Oh, hey.